We definitely need both. I mean, without emergency medicine and intensive cares and Western medicine, we unfortunately wouldn't be able to survive certain events and things happening. So absolutely appreciate and adore that system for what it is. And then when it comes to the Eastern medicine and the integrative health and bringing the two together with functional medicine, it looks at the root cause. And so the non-urgent, non-emergency conditions, we can look at them and actually get down to the root cause so that we can live without disease and avoid getting ourselves into a chronic state. So, yeah, it's a really interesting background for me to have because having worked in the hospital system and then working with GPs as well, working in the pharmaceutical and medical device industry and then going into integrative health, I really have an appreciation for every single area and where everyone sits. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. Here we are, January 2024. And for the month of this beautiful new year, I will be replaying to you our top podcasts throughout the entire uh, experiences of the Self Love Podcast. I look forward to sharing these beautiful top-rated shows with you as I take a little break to rejuvenate, replenish, and restore. I sincerely want to thank you for being on the ride with me. I hope you enjoy these beautiful shows that have already been played, and I certainly look forward to hearing your comments, your thoughts, your feedback, and I will never, ever tire of your five-star rating. I really hope you're enjoying the month of January, taking time for you. And whether you're back at work or whether you're still on holiday, please remember to always take care and be kind. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Love Podcast. I look forward to seeing you all and speaking into those beautiful ears of yours in February 2024. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, a beautiful, extraordinary soul. Going full circle, Simone McDool has recently moved back to the land with her feet firmly planted on the ground. After years of living in the city, in Sydney, Melbourne and Toowoomba, this born and bred country girl has been on a wild journey, mind, body and spirit, and has arrived back to herself wholeheartedly since regaining her health from mold toxicity and CIRS SIRS. This life-changing experience meant peeling back every single layer of her life and moving through the most uncomfortable years of dis-ease. Simone has spent all of her professional and personal life in all different areas of the health system, in both Western medicine and integrative health, and this personal deep dive has given her the extra passion and purpose to serve others in their wellness and life journey. As you'll hear in today's podcast, the last 12 months have been a wave of transitions both personally and professionally for Simone. With her business, Sidora & Co., the family property, Yarella, and her husband's business, Yarella Coaching, all going through growth and change and development, life is full, 
And Simone always loves to dig deep, surrender, and now do less to allow these transitions to evolve as they're meant to, so she can thrive even more. Family means everything to this beautiful soul, and being a very active, loving, and fun mum to her two daughters and wife and bestie to her hubby is a massive part of her life. She's an integrative health practitioner and health coach who has a true belief in all things health and wellness to help you restore and heal and be the best version of yourself. She's also a DNA consultant specializing in nutrigenomics with Smart DNA. Founded by Simone and opening in 2018, January, Sudor & Co. was Toowoomba's first exclusive infrared sauna studio and integrated space for health and wellness. She understands that self-care, detoxification and holistic health has never been more important than in this day and age, which is why she was so passionate to bring this business to Toowoomba. Since November 2020, due to a growing demand and a change in location, Sadur & Co. now focuses 100% on supporting you through integrative health coaching, whether this is through one-on-one -on -one personalized sessions or going through protocols for what's important for you at the moment, looking at your DNA or doing group fun detoxifications. As Simone says, it's entirely up to you. What I love about Simone is that she's passionate about educating and supporting people on their own individual health and life journey, whatever that looks like. It is her passion around gut health, diet, nutrition, exercise, stress, the environment, sleep, cellular health, longevity, success mindset, and understanding which supplements are right for you are just some of the ways that she supports you to look at your health and beyond. Whether you have a big or small changes in mind, this beautiful soul is here to guide you and help you be the best version of yourself, one gentle step at a time. As you'll hear, Simone has completed a Bachelor of Nursing and has backgrounds in emergency intensive care, oncology, interventional cardiology, diabetes, osteoporosis, chronic disease, dialysis, prenatal and childbirth education. Simone spent the majority of her nursing days in Sydney, Melbourne, country New South Wales and Victoria before taking her opportunity to be part of the educating sales and business team with several pharmaceutical and medical device companies. I think what you're going to love is she also has a real passion to specialize in childbirth education, becoming a calm birth practitioner after having her first child. And now, after 20 years of following a holistic approach in her own health journey through much research, study, and experience, her passion with Sudur & Co. now lives in integrative health in all areas of mind, body, and spirit. I know you're going to love what she's passionate about. I know you're going to love what she shares with this. And her final message is something I really want you to hold close to your heart. Please welcome to the show the gorgeous Simone McDowell, but also notice if you have any comments, feedback, go to Kim Morrison 28 on Instagram. You can go to my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or you can head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts and feedback with this beautiful being, and I cannot wait to share you with you her story today. Take care, be kind, and enjoy today's show. What an absolute delight to bring to you this week a very beautiful friend, someone who I love very, very much, and someone who I know you're going to really enjoy hearing from. This is her first podcast, so what a treat to welcome to the show, gorgeous Simone McDowell. Welcome, darling. Oh, hello, beautiful Kim. What a <laughs> treat. It's such an honor to be here with you. 
Thank you. Oh, look, darling, I've been thinking about you having you on the show for some time. And I really do think that some of the things that you've been through and your learnings and your messages and just who you are is such an inspirational soul. So let me just ask you first up, for anyone that doesn't know you, perhaps you could give us a little background, where you're from, why you're so passionate about the land, where you grew up, and what led you into your profession and where you are today. Could you tell us a little bit about your past, my lovely? Sure. Well, I grew up in the country in New South Wales, a little village that they call Come By Chance, which gets everyone's ears pricked when I say that, not knowing where it usually is. Um, Northern New South Wales. And um, the funny thing was I used to say that one side of the street didn't talk to the other side and that was purely because the general store was on one side and the community hall and the tennis courts, and the other side was the cemetery, and that was it. Um, so that basically, yeah, beautiful, beautiful community, um, very remote and isolated. So I had a very beautiful childhood that allowed lots of play um, and connection with the land, and, yeah, that's where I, where I grew up until I went to boarding school. And from boarding school, I went to university in Sydney, uh, was at the Women's College and studied nursing. And from there, I, I worked in Sydney for a while at St Vincent's Hospital. And then I broadened my horizons and I went down to Victoria and to country Victoria to start with and then Melbourne. And so I loved my nursing down there as well. I was at the Alfred in um in intensive care and at a few different private hospitals as well and then I decided that um I always loved looking at business and I still loved looking after people and nurturing everyone um that shift work you know wasn't wasn't my ideal way of living life though so I went into pharmaceutical and medical device world as well and so I I worked in all the different areas of the health system to be honest and went out to country Victoria and worked with all the different medical uh, clinics um, helping the GPs uh, in regional Victoria as well and then when it came to having babies and having children I became extremely passionate about the birthing world and the power of the mind. So I actually uh, dived into uh, calm birth and became a calm birth practitioner. And that's when we decided to come to Queensland and settle with our family here. We we had a list of what we wanted to have in our life, where we were wanting to base ourselves, and Toowoomba. Um, it was the choice that we made. We didn't move for a job or for any other reason than where we wanted to be and bring up our family. So that's where we landed. And it's been nearly 11 years since we've landed in Queensland. It's quite an incredible story, really. Your passion for supporting people, helping people, caring for people. 
Do you think, and I'm just genuinely asking you this, are we born that way? Were you born a nurturer? Or did, how did you get and what made you think nursing? Where, where did that decision come from? Well, it's funny you ask because as a little girl, my, my grandmother was a matron of a country hospital in um, New South Wales, in a little town called Barradine, New South Wales. And my mum was also a nurse, but at this point in my childhood, mum wasn't nursing. Mum was doing everything else on the land with the property and the business and being all the other things. And I would go across and I would stay with my grandmother um, and she would, we would travel in because she lived on a property as well. And she would travel, we would travel into Baradine and we would stay in the nurse's home, not the nursing home, the nurse's home with the quarters where nurses could stay after their shift because a lot of nurses obviously lived out of town on properties. And I would stay with her for the few days while she was working, doing the doctor's rounds and the medication rounds. And I'd be in the kitchen with the ladies and hanging out with the patients. And I just had this really deep curiosity for people and loving, loving looking after them and helping them and and then it developed into the curiosity of the human body and the mind and the spirit. And so it was deeply sort of ingrained in me just by that. I just looked up to, up to my grandmother so much and had this deep passion about just nurturing and, you know, giving to people. So, yeah, I don't know whether that was the way I was born or obviously how life was for me and seeing my grandmother in that in that space. And she was such a remarkable woman. So, I definitely looked up to her and that's when I, I decided that's what I wanted to do. I, I nearly did medicine, um, but it's funny, I really wanted to do nursing and if I did take on medicine, I had to do a rural, um, I had to go down the rural path because my school wasn't as good as it needed to be if I wanted just to go straight into the universities in the city. So, um, yeah, I went down the nursing path instead. Well, I think the world is very grateful that you did. <laughs> I want to ask you something personal. One of my daughters and mine favourite shows is watching any medical show, <laughs> anything out of the UK, the Alfred, St. Vincent's, whatever it is, we love watching it. You said you worked in emergency medicine. How profoundly impactful was that for you to watch life in front of you? Could you just give us an idea as a nurse Tell us honestly, what is that like being in an ICU uh, of any major hospital? Oh, look, it's it's big, um, and it's it it was my passion. I always love the being in the thick of it, um, and the, the emergency department at St Vincent's in Sydney was definitely being in the thick of it. Um, I don't, funnily enough, watch those shows anymore, um, and. Because you do see, you see the best and the worst um, of life, and it it's grueling, but it's rewarding. Um, and hand on heart, you know, nurses, the nurses and doctors um, of the world give so much, and you know, it's very selfless work. Um, so yeah, I. The intensive care at the Alfred too, it was, um, I was in the surgical ICU, so everything was trauma. Um, so you, when you heard the chopper 
overhead, you knew that you had something coming in. Um, interestingly, though, personally, it was a time of my life when my mum had had a near fatal accident and she, funnily enough, I was in my last week of my last prac in Sydney and I was going to be graduating the following week and mum had an accident off a horse and she was flown to Sydney and I met her in the emergency department at Ronald Shaw um, and she, we were told she wasn't meant to make 24 hours. She had a severe head injury and um, life as we knew it changed in that moment. And so I went into nursing. Um, I didn't get to graduate straight away because I missed the last week of my prac after three years of studying. And so um, from then on, I actually took on the role of helping mum recover. She, they, the neurosurgeons of the Royal North Shore back then said she was a miracle of 2001. And she really did um, prove us, prove everyone wrong, but it took its toll. And so I will say that as much as I adored working in emergency and neuro, um, sorry, not neuro ICU, surgical ICU, personally, I'd been through so much and I hand on heart, you know, I felt it for everyone. So there came a time where I was, I was happy to remove myself from the, the intense acute situations and look at another area that didn't personally trigger me so much. It's funny though, I've worked on that so much since that, you know, I probably would go back willingly, um, but there are so many amazing people out there doing it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you mentioned just beforehand about shift work and I think as you and I both know from a health perspective, it's probably not the most ideal thing for anyone, let alone what you beautiful doctors and nurses have to endure and emergency workers, of course. What is that like? And do you think it really does have or take a toll on an individual? And how on earth do you work through um, being a shift worker? Yeah, well, back in the day when I was doing that, um, and look, everything I I practice and I preach and I share with clients now is to avoid all of the things that unfortunately shift workers have to go through um, because of our circadian rhythms, um, you know, the blue light, the natural light, you know, when we're meant to sleep and when we're, not, you know, meant to be awake. It takes a huge toll um, and I never got used to having to sleep during the day and be on night duty. Um, it just wasn't, I just couldn't make it work. And now I know why, because we're not really meant to. So uh, I take my hat off to every shift worker because it is grueling um, and it does take its toll. But there are so many things that, you know, we can do now that allow shift work to be easier and allow our bodies to, you know, work better with it like blue blocking glasses and um, working with our circadian rhythms better and looking at vitamins and minerals differently and um, all of those beautiful biohacking things that we can do. Yeah and that's something that you have found yourself going down many a rabbit hole. Let's talk about you personally now. 
your journey as a nurse, you've come through, you've had your babies, you're in Queensland, but there's been some challenges you've had to endure, uh, not only around property, but also mould and health issues. You also have a real passion for other health integrative measures. Let's talk about how your journey has woven through these last few years as well. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, so my my health journey just kept like I it's funny as much as I was working in conventional medicine and western medicine I I started seeing a naturopath back when I was 21 and she's actually now my best friend funnily enough and um so personally I went down started going down that path for a, a long time and just over the years um things just kept propping up for my health and just the unexplained annoying symptoms that just didn't matter what I did. And so I went down the path of, you know, biohacking and doing all the things to help me be a better version of me, but it just kept like knocking me down. Um, and what I came to realize about three years ago now that I had had mold toxicity and what they call is SIRS, so chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And so in hindsight, I can now say that a lot of times in my life I would have been having problems with mould and I didn't know about it. And that's because it's very, it's still, it's becoming more and more known now. Um, and so I've got this fire in my belly about helping um, people in that area because I've lived and breathed through it. And I can't tell you it's um, some of the hardest years of my life dealing with that and then coming to terms with that being what was going on for me and realising that I literally had to change every single part of my life in order to get well. Um, and, you know, there was a time where it was pretty hard to put one foot in front of the other physically, mentally and emotionally because of the symptoms. Um, and then coming to learn that, you know, your home isn't safe for you and having to all of a sudden just piece together how in the hell you're going to turn things around so that you can be well again. Um, so that's been a huge part of my journey and coming out the other side of it and now being in a beautifully healthy environment. I, I studied um, a healthy building course even, you know, a few years ago just to get to a point where I feel safe and I feel like I've got enough knowledge to determine what's safe environmentally for me and my family um, because I'm always chipping away at how, you know, I can do life better. Well, I think that's one of your amazing strong points and your passion and understanding of the body is really extraordinary. And it's interesting, isn't it, that sometimes we go through things in order to become an educator of these things. Could you just explain for someone that doesn't know about mold toxicity or the SIRS, could you just explain to us a little bit about maybe if someone was listening to this, what were some of the symptoms that you were getting through that time that did make you really question it? And then how on earth does it ever get diagnosed that it's mold? Yeah, it's it's really interesting one because everyone everyone can present differently and they they typically are just these unexplainable symptoms that you can't put a finger on um and it can it then um it then 
plays havoc with other systems, so gut issues or your thyroid or um, skin, um, things like that. And so having worked with the beautiful Helen Patteron for years with my girls and myself just with our general health and it got to the point where she was like, I think we need to look at mould. Even though our house was beautifully renovated and beautiful, there was no sign of it, Um, environmentally it can be, it's completely invisible in so many instances. And so there are certain people that have the um, propensity to um, be more prone to being affected. So hence why someone, a family who lives in a house, um, only one person might present with symptoms or have issues because there's actually a gene. Um, and it's the, yeah, if you if you start working with someone that specialises in mould, like a naturopath or an integrative doctor who specialises in mould, they know what to look for. And then there are a few tests that you can do and really interesting um, like it's an eye test and if you are being affected by mould, you actually see things differently in this eye test. Um, And cognitively, um, I got to a point where I would find it hard to put words into a sentence. I would lose my train of thought. I found I I actually got to a point I found it hard to socialise because it was was actually tricky for me just to have a conversation. So, and cognitively, I found it was really tricky and then the pain and the fatigue, um, the joint pain, that when I got up in the mornings, I literally would feel like a 90-year-old um, getting out of bed. Um, and for, unfortunately, then it also played on with mood. Um, I had gut issues that we were working on but just weren't getting on top of. Um, and then it's interesting in hindsight, it got to the point, and I was looking after myself so much and I was this at this point in time I had a my sauna studio and I was doing a lot of saunas which also in hindsight was helping me a lot which I didn't realize because I was still yet to learn that it was mold and so I would have been detoxing mold um a lot so it kept me at least in good enough health so I could show up for the girls to take them to school and all of those things um, but it, then it got to the point where it actually started affecting my breathing, which is an obvious symptom, obviously. Um, and I couldn't take a deep breath without it catching me. I had this unexplained cough. I'd never had asthma, never had respiratory issues in my whole life. Um, and so that's when, yeah, the alarm bells started to ring and did all the testing and I actually tested the house and we found the co- um, the actual uh, cause and we were able to remediate that to a certain point but it's interesting it had come to um, a point that that part of our journey that we decided we wanted to move to our rural pop- property anyway so yeah it just piece by piece layer by layer um, and now I just surround myself with all the amazing experts out there who Um, live and breathe um, helping people with mould and it's funny they've all personally gone through it themselves and um, yeah it's just it's those unexplained symptoms that you just can't get a handle on that generally cause um, you to think as a practitioner we need to look environmentally Um, yeah so sleep can be an issue as well and so yeah that's sort of a nutshell of it all. 
Yes, and I know that the beautiful Alex Stewart is someone who talks a lot about this as well. And so there are experts. And I think it's really important that if you do have all of these unexplained symptoms, that's why I wanted you to talk about it, because a lot of people may not even think mold, because as you said, it's invisible. So I just want to acknowledge you for that, because it then opened up your whole uh, way of treating and being an amazing health coach. You, when did you open Sedora and Co? And tell us a little bit about your business and what that's evolved into. Yeah, sure. Um, so I just, it was in the middle of what I was going through. I wasn't really unwell at this point, but had um, a passion to bring a space to Toowoomba that didn't exist already. And I was given inspiration by following an amazing um, business over in New York and then also the one that had opened in Sydney. And so I opened Sador & Co in 2018 and um, it had an infrared sauna, um, state-of-the-art infrared sauna, and I also became a DNA smart practitioner, um, so looking at nutrigenomics as well. And it just evolved from there. So I had beautiful clients that would come and would love visiting the studio, obviously, for the benefits of the sauna. But I also then discovered it was a place, a safe space for them to um, come for all of these other reasons that I didn't initially think um, would be a reason people would visit. And then more and more just the conversations would flow and so then I also decided um, I was doing my DNA consulting um, as well and then I decided to take my studies a bit further and study with Dr Stephen Cabral from the US to become an integrative health practitioner as well so looking at all looking at the root cause so that we can um, actually treat the root cause as opposed to just looking at the symptoms and managing the symptoms which is how you know, Western medicine generally works. I want to ask you about that then, seeing as how you have both sides of the spectrum, really understanding the importance of perhaps emergency medicine and emergency care and just how incredibly phenomenal the medical system is. But you also have a real insight now into understanding the holistic integrative side. Can we live with one or the other or is it important to have both in your opinion? Oh, we definitely need both. I mean, without emergency medicine and intensive cares and Western medicine, we unfortunately wouldn't be able to survive certain events and things happening. So absolutely appreciate and adore that system for what it is. And then when it comes to the Eastern medicine and the integrative health and bringing the two together with functional medicine, it looks at the root cause and so the non-urgent non-emergency conditions we can look at them and actually get down to the root cause so that we can live without disease and avoid getting ourselves into a chronic state so yeah it's a really interesting background for me to have because having worked in the hospital system and then working with GPs as well working in the pharmaceutical and medical device industry and then going into integrative health, I really have an appreciation for every single area and where everyone sits. Um, So it does sometimes, 
I have to take a set, um, step back sometimes and appreciate it's a very unique position for me to be in and so hence my 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 passion and the my fire in my belly isn't always obvious to people and it can you know it comes from a place of love and um passion to look after people but um sometimes people don't appreciate where I've come from and what I've seen and how I've evolved with my in professionally I think when you really summarise all of the things that you do to be so extraordinary in the health profession, I I then want to look at it from a mother's perspective and a wife's perspective. So let's take you back into the family now. With both sides, a huge understanding of how things work and tick. When you look at the whole picture now, and as a mum and a wife, how has this knowledge supported you to be the best leader in your family as the main nurturer and nourisher of the home? What has this, this given you as a mum and a wife? Yeah, it's a, it's a big one because, um, you know, starting out as a parent, um, I, you know, 12 and a half years ago, um, I was still working in the medical device industry. Um, and much more inclined well I was more primed and had been educated to think in that way however you know I also was very much a believer in listening to my gut and so now it's all about you know looking at how we can how we can approach things in the home to avoid getting ourselves into a situation where we need to go to hospital um and taking responsibility every single day for how we show up. So for me with the girls, I, you know, they have been my biggest teachers and hence when we went down the the gut health path because um, they needed some healing in that area. And having gone down that path, I've learned that gut health is everything. And so each and every day, every single action, every single meal, what we put in our mouths and how we live determines how our health then presents. And that's mind, body and spirit now too. Like it's not just the physical stuff. It's it's also what we've got going on in our heads and what we're saying to ourselves and then how that shows up because that brain-gut connection is so real. Um, so, yeah, it's I've evolved a lot obviously over the 12 and a half years with how I've shown up as a mother and a wife. Um, and I'm at a point too where I'm also trusting that everyone has their own journey and um, it's not for me to fix or change or control my husband or my daughters, um, just giving them enough knowledge and enough support so that they can make better decisions for themselves every day. Well, that in itself is a powerful place to sit for all of us parents to really honour and acknowledge that we do all have our own journey. And I loved what you said then about how I don't have to fix or control. That is something that is a very big challenge for many of us, right? Especially as a mum, that we do think we can fix everything or control everything. But my gosh, there's nothing like parenthood and relationships to realise we got no control. We can't fix anything. So in your knowledge and your understanding of all that you do, how do you remain so calm and remain so pragmatic when all you want to do is 
help everybody fix or change, particularly when you have such knowledge around DNA. How on earth have you managed this side of life without having to be, I guess, an interferer of life? (laughs) Yeah, talk about life lessons. (laughs) Um, It's been my biggest life lesson because I, you know, having gone through mum having her accident, I, I did, I, it was coming from a place of fear then of me wanting to look after and fix and, and wrap my, my husband and my family and my girls in cotton wool because I had this fear. I didn't want that to ever, ever happen again because I never wanted to experience that loss again. Um, and so I've had to look really deeply at that and had to really come to terms and accept that that is life, it is the circle of life, um, and trust that everything's happening as, as it's meant to. And, um, yeah, it still doesn't always feel great or right or um, comfortable, but you know what, it's, it's that having that human experience, isn't it, of, of getting to a place where, we need to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and that we are all on the same path and we're all on our way to, you know, becoming a spirit one day. Well, you're not wrong there, my love. Do you mind then if we touch on the DNA? Because it's become a topic of conversation over the last five years, especially more and more. But we talk about these, the expression or suppression of genes. I'd love for you to explain to us what you're looking for as a DNA consultant and what the nutrigenomics is actually about. Because for many of us, we may go, oh, my mum had that, therefore that's why I can't lose weight. Or my dad had this, had asthma, that's why I've got it. But my understanding is just because you've got the gene, which means pretty much you've got the loaded gun, it's whether or not we pull the trigger. So how could you explain to us a little bit about gene expression and also just because family has this gene expression, whether or not we have the ability to control our outcomes? Is that true? Yeah, it's so funny. You took the words out of my mouth because that that's the the quote I love to use is that their genes load the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger. So yes, we're all given a set of genes. And when we look at the genes in the report that I have used in the past, there are, you know, it's such a minuscule amount of genes that we look at compared to what we have in our whole um, making. Um, But it's all about looking at what we're given and then putting ourselves in an environment and doing the things to give ourselves the best opportunity and possibility for not expressing them. So, yes, you're right, you don't have to express them. And Dr. Bruce Lipton um, with his The Biology of Belief, you know, talks about this beautifully um, because if we, you know, you can have identical twins that have the same makeup and they they both present differently over the course of their lives, both physically, mentally, um, with life expectancy, disease states, etc. So it does show you, though, that we don't have to express the genes that we are given at all. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Absolutely. And could you give us an example, perhaps? Uh, do, you, do you have an example of someone who 
was doing something even because my question is this is so many of us think we're being healthy and yet we still have problems and I know for some people for example a tomato is seen as an incredibly great food and yet for some people that can express parts of them that as actually seen more as a toxin than a than a than a health food but I'm curious to know from your perspective, the gut-brain connection, the DNA, how we express things, like how on earth does somebody who's maybe quite new to this get any sense of understanding what part to go down? Is it worth getting our genes done? Is it worth having a look at what it is that's creating these symptoms? And then how do we find someone that understands the whole big picture? It's a big world out there, my darling. How can someone who's listening to this go, oh, I don't know where to start? What would be your advice? I know it it really, it's a minefield, but insane. And, you know, I've, I've been there myself going, oh, my gosh, even with what I know and my, my background, where do I go? Um, and I think it, it all comes back to also then trusting with what comes up for you, listening, and just knowing that it's just you're peeling the layers back one at a time and it's all it's all helpful and you can take something from everything so if you feel like getting your genes your genes done and that you it resonates with you and you're drawn to that do it and then see how what that gives you and then take from it what you will and then it will evolve then with what you look at next and um, I really think it depends on how you present with like from a symptom point of view and who you're connecting with be I think because I have gone you know oh gosh who do I go to for this what next but I've also come to really trust in what's coming up for me right now who am I resonating with um who do I feel comfortable with and you know that that's not necessarily giving you a protocol and a structure I think where I've come to personally, when where I'm sitting right now, I look at it more just trusting and letting it evolve as it's meant to. Is that all too airy fairy for you? <laughs> no, I think I think what you're showing us is you don't you don't have to know everything. It's about information gathering. Exactly. It's about following the right path that feels right in that moment. Uh, someone listening to this podcast right here right now might go actually I need to reach out and ask someone where to next and I think that's the best part about any medicine or integrative holistic medicine is that you could trust yourself with the pathway you've gone down and therefore keep gathering more and more information I, I think for me personally you never know everything Exactly. We are constantly evolving. We're not the same person we are today as we were yesterday to five years ago and who will be in five years' time. So health is a holistic growth mechanism of which we are constantly learning about ourselves and changing. And I think that's what you've taught me more than anything is it's never just one answer. There's usually a plethora of ideas and ways that you can look at your health. So I just hope that the person listening to this knows that there's never any one way, trust your gut, if that's the right word, to really take you on this beautiful, magical journey and to be open. And I love your words that you said beforehand, be curious and go down this pathway of curiosity and never get fixated, I think would be something else I've learned from you. It's never just one thing. It's often a combination of things. And I think all the different people that you love and know and where you can guide people to come is probably one of your greatest gifts. I would love to ask you then, 
let's talk now about you moving forward and talk to us a little bit about your beautiful Urella, the property that you've now built and your husband's business and where the two of you are going down this pathway because I'm loving where you two are heading with this as well. Mm, Yes, it's been a a passion project since we purchased the property. um, uh, When was that? Three and a half years ago now. Um, And it's been a (laughs) <laughs> it's been a big journey to say the least. Um, it is a very special spot and I really have come full circle. I never imagined myself being on the land again, even though I absolutely adored every part of my childhood. Um, but this place just drew me in from the day we looked at it. And so we decided originally when we purchased, we were just um, looking at somewhere to have and enjoy as a family while we still lived in Toowoomba and the more we were here, we realised we just wanted to be here. And um, so, yes, we decided to make it happen. It's a property that's never been touched, a um, piece of land that's never been touched, very inaccessible, and so we we bit off <laughs> more than we could chew and we have built, you know, few kilometer road to get here and we had to find water and build boundary fences and um it's really given us it's brought us closer together as a couple and as a family and it's really shown me how much connection to the land means to me um it's completely different country to what I grew up on I grew up where you know the biggest hill was the dam bank. Um, it was flat as attack, beautiful western plains of New South Wales, whereas this is the um, crazy wild mountains in the Lockyer Val- Valley just southeast of Toowoomba. And now, yes, Scott is um, a business coach and has an amazing business that he calls Urella Coaching. And we have cattle on the property now as well. Um, heifers that have had beautiful calves in the last six months and um, it's evolving to be a place where we bring community together Um, and it's all about connection and consciousness I mean it's yeah it's funny it's the three c's I like to see them as and um, that's that's how it's evolving for us here at Yarella. Well it's Pretty special and pretty magical. And wasn't there thought around placing tiny homes or little cabins on there as well and actually really eventually evolve? What's the big picture for Urella? Yes, it's um, that's originally what we um, were going to do and still is in the pipeline and we're open to it. Um, it's been really a matter of surrendering in the last three years because of how inaccessible and how wild this country is, it's been a big learning curve with looking at, you know, what we're so passionate about doing and sharing and then looking at the business structure and the life we want to create as well. So um, the cabins are still a possibility and still looking at them. Um, It's just really a matter of the fact that Rome is wasn't built in a day um and so the just actually being able to live here was um an epic mountain to climb in itself 
And so, yeah, we moved here six months ago now and been getting to a point where we can actually live here and do life here and then next year evolving to the next stage of building something else where we can bring community together. Um, so, yeah, that's mm. that's to come. Oh, it's beautiful and I know community means so much to you. I just want to change tack here. We both lost a very dear friend this year, our gorgeous Lauren Verona, who gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. And sadly, we lost her through what is known as an amniotic uh, fluid embolism. And I think it's really rattled all of us and particularly everyone close here on the Sunshine Coast and in her circus, uh, circum in her circuit where she had such impact on so many people with her yoga, her breath work, her amazing consciousness and just her beauty and grace. You were the one that told me the day that we lost this beautiful soul and you and I have been through many um, moments of tears and sadness and I just, I would really like to take a moment to publicly acknowledge you because you've taken it on yourself to endure ensuring that that little Lucinda gets quality breast milk. And I'd just love for you to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing for our little Lucinda and Ryan, her dad, and just how you have managed to coordinate uh, having this little soul being fully breastfed from July this year. How have you managed to do all of this and how important has that connection, community and consciousness been in this platform? Yeah, it's been such a big spiritual assignment, I must say, um, coming to terms with what actually has happened um, and then having, you know, the thought 24 hours after it all happened just about whether we could get maybe a few days' worth of breast milk for Lucinda because Lauren and I both very similar in our beliefs and our passion for breastfeeding. And um, we had spoken a lot about all of the things that we um, were in alignment with in regards to that side of the mothering, birthing, breastfeeding part of part of life. And so I just thought I'd put it out there on social media very vulnerably, very raw and real and um, did not see what was coming and it was just the most profoundly beautiful uh, heart-opening um, response. Um, I did not literally look up from my phone for oh, over eight hours the following day to actually communicate with everyone that had reached out and start actually working out, wow, okay, this is something we can we can, you know, run with. And um, it's been a a just really trusting the process and we'd only literally moved here a week before and um, so I was in the throes of, um, yeah, getting used to being here and living life here. And so it has taken every single inch of my mind, body and soul to, to work out how to manage it and I've just really trusted that how it's all turned out is meant to be and she's such a strong spirit and has been 
helping literally guide us all through it um and some of the beautiful beautiful oh I can't even put words into it with how it's evolved is pretty special and it has shown me what true community really is like this it's there are no words for this community with everyone coming together and how many miles I've traveled but then also how many beautiful hugs and hellos I've I've had from with strangers who are now friends um, while we literally pull all this amazing breast milk together to feed this beautiful baby girl. And it's amazing because in the time that Lauren was here in human form, she touched thousands and thousands of people. And now her beautiful baby girl, Lucinda, is being touched by all of these hundreds and thousands of baby, beautiful people as well. So... It's go, it goes full circle, doesn't it? I think what you're talking about, even back to your mum, any big trauma, tragedy, big circumstance where we get so affected emotionally, whilst I know these last three years we may have seen, and perhaps over all of time really, we've seen the worst of humanity, but I have to say to you, and I'm sure you'd agree, that through these traumas and tragedies, we also get to witness and be a part of the greatness of humanity. And I think you and I have been so blown away by this community. And that's not just here on the coast or in Queensland. We've had donations of milk, haven't we, from all around Australia and people reaching out, wanting to offer their support and help because it is such a rare occurrence the way we lost our beautiful Lauren. And I just sort of feel, I feel a bit emotional talking about it, but one of her favourites animals was the black cockatoo and you and I constantly share with one another whenever we see the black cockatoos and we share that with Ryan as well can you tell us a little bit about how that's given you strength in the in a way to actually trust that as you say this beautiful spirit is guiding us even from way up above how has that impacted you through this process over the last six months yeah, it's been, um, I mean, I've been diving much more into my that spiritual part of me for, you know, so many years now. But this last six months, it's really just smacked me in the face, literally with how all of that is um, when it comes to spirit and the signs and, you know, the beautiful um evolution of all the synchronicities all of those things because yeah the black cockatoos being one and it was literally um uh two days after she had passed and I thought to myself that morning I wonder when I'll see a black cockatoo and um then that afternoon I was inside and you know we've we've been had this land for the last three and a half years and never seen a black cockatoo here before. And all of a sudden I heard a call of one and I raced outside and there was literally a flock of them circling the house and calling. And, um, yeah, it's hard not to get emotional now. Um, And it was just such a beautiful example and such a beautiful thing to witness that, you know, we never actually die. We we live on and we just leave this human body and, um, 
yeah, spiritually it's been it's been really big and beautiful, I must say, and it's very comforting and reassuring. And I've learnt the lessons and all the beautiful um, things that go with this with my girls over the last six months and it's been really beautiful to watch them come to terms and understand all of that more as well. Yes, they say that we don't do death so well in our Western culture compared to some of the Indigenous and more Eastern cultures where death is seen as a part of life. It's very hard and brutal for us as humans to accept that until we get through the real shock of the pain and the loss and all of those things. But there's something about signposts and signs of things like these beautiful animals. And I I know for me personally, um, with you, that it has given me huge comfort whenever I see a black cockatoo. And, you know, is it because my uh, you know, is it because my awareness is more open to it or are they always been there? Look, I don't know. It just brings me huge comfort in the same way that butterflies do for me with my grandmother. And I think of anything throughout this whole process, it's really just being in touch with or holding on to or having something to hold on to that gives it way bigger meaning than just, as we say, a passing or a body being left behind and the soul no longer here. I just feel her all the time and with you and with the beautiful work that you're doing to ensure that little girl is being fed. I just want the world to know how extraordinary you are, how much you've given and how much time. I know you don't ex- expect any you know, sense of gratitude or public acknowledgement, but I I do know at a deep, deep level, we all see what you're doing, my love. And I just truly want every listener to know just what a special soul you are. And I know that little girl, when she grows and as she grows around your daughters and her big sisters, she will never, ever lose track with what a beautiful soul her mother is and will continue to be. So beautiful girl, thank you. Thank you for what you gift to that little family and in the legacy of Lauren you continue to show up for her. So I just want you to know how much it's seen and noticed. Oh, thank you. That's so beautifully received. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you know, part of the work that you do is very loving, not only as a practitioner and an integrative holistic coach, a supporter of your husband and his amazing uh, coaching business, your gorgeous girls, everything you do and all the studies and work you've done, even with me, I would honestly love to say that you are an expression of pure love. And on that note, I would love to ask you, being the self-love podcast, what is your definition of self-love? Well, um, having studied um, your work for a while now, I my definition of self-love has is I'd articulate it much differently compared to years ago. I don't even know whether it existed for me before then. Um, But self-love encompasses all of those parts of ourself. Um, It's the importance we place and the understanding we have for our well-being and our happiness, like mind, body and spirit. So firstly, it's about what we we do in order to look after ourselves. And firstly, the first thing is the self-awareness and then it comes to the self Um, care the things that we do and we practice and then the self-discipline of 
starting and doing and being consistent with those things that we do to look after ourselves. But then with you teaching me about the self-love circle, I then came to also learn about the being part of the self-love, um, which is the, the self-control and the self-respect and then the self-acceptance. And what's so beautiful with that and learning that is that life is basically all about self-love, isn't it? Um, and our self-love muscle really determines how we show up in life in general, how we show up for ourselves and how we deal with all the things. And so the gold nugget has been for me in learning all about that through you is that self-love is the foundation for everything. It's just so beautifully said. And it's amazing for me to hear what I've taught come back to me. And it just, yeah, that really resonated. Thank you. It was beautiful. I really appreciate your knowledge into this and how you've integrated your own experiences into the work. And I think what really uh, where we can come to in this beautiful conversation today is that everything we learn, every experience we have, every person we meet, there is this beautiful integrative weaving of magic in amongst everything, which creates more awareness and understanding of self and you are a true expression of that. I have loved working with you and your husband and your gorgeous children. And to hear you articulate your pathway and your learnings and understandings is just so inspiring and delightful to see everything that you do and the impact you have is really just this constant weaving and tapestry of all of our uh, interconnections and learnings. And it's just, it's beautiful to hear. And on that note, I'd love to know then, perhaps as we come to a close, if people wanted to follow you or wanted to be a part of your world, firstly, how can we get in touch with you? How can I follow you? And maybe then I could ask you to give a final message to the self-love podcast listener. Sure. Well, I am on Instagram. Um, my, the business is Sador and Co. And the handle is Sador Co. Um, and you can always email me at Simone at sadorco.com.au. And so that's how you can find me. Um, the message really is it's a matter of just coming to be happy within your own skin, going within and being you because there's only one you and it's funny that as I said that it made me think of the um, what I shared recently about the fact that the chances of being me and the chances of being you is like one in 400 trillion and so it really it's about embracing being you and looking at you for what you are, warts and all, and learning to love it and hence that means looking at your work of self-love and diving into that because once you once you look into that and peel back the layers then the world's your oyster that's so true and I think what is so profound about that I 
400 trillion. I, I'm just not sure we all really fully comprehend how magnificent we are and how extraordinary it is that we are right here, right now in this planet, in this conversation, listening to this podcast right now. And so I want to invite you as the listener hearing this right now. I'd love for you to just imagine giving yourself one hell of a high five and a hug that you are here out of 400 trillion possibilities. It is you. That's pretty magnificent. And what a beautiful way for us to come to a close of an incredible conversation. I'd just love to finish with asking, maybe what is your favorite quote right here, right now? Um, one's always been that knowledge is power. With it, you know, over the years as I've got such a thirst for learning, especially when it's come to healing myself and wanting to be the best, you know, practitioner, mother, nurse, you name it. Um, because you know, they say when you know better, you do better. However, over the years I've I've come to decide that I would add on to that and say that knowledge is power and inspired action is even more powerful because, you know, when you walk the talk and you live it and you put the knowledge into action, that's where the rubber hits the road and that's the gold. So that's my version of my favourite quote. (laughs) Absolutely love it. You're phenomenal. I love you dearly. You inspire me daily. And I just want to, again, thank you for the work you do for little Lucinda and Ryan and making sure that the world is a beautiful place. I love who you are as a mum and a wife, and I certainly acknowledge you as a friend. Thank you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast, my beautiful lady. Oh, thank you. I love you dearly. Beyond words, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.